You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. That's where God's calling us today as a church uh, is to return to the work of rebuilding the walls of protection around the family unit. Because if we can't salvage our families, uh, then there's no use in trying to salvage the church. uh, Because God instituted the family before He instituted the church. uh, And the church is supposed to be made up of families uh, that are sold out to Jesus. uh, So God help us uh, to win our families to the Lord today. In ancient times, the walls around a city were an essential part of the city's safety. Well, today, Pastor Gary urges the church to protect the family by rebuilding the walls of protection that have been broken down over the years. He reminds you that the church is made up of families, so without them, it doesn't exist. Pastor Gary shares that just like God called Nehemiah to shore up the walls of Jerusalem, He's asking the church to find the weak spots in the defense and secure the walls around the family. Now here's Pastor Gary in Psalm 127 as he continues his message, Family Matters. While mom and daddy are going to work, the kids are at a, a generally speaking, uh, with exceptions of course, a, a school system that has extracted God from the curriculum, and they are being propagandized. That is, they're being instructed to think a certain way and act a certain way about family and about uh, lesbianism and, and homosexuality and transgenderism. And it's getting worse and worse as the days go by. And, and, and we wonder why uh, they have eight hours a day with them, give or take, uh, and, and why we can't influence them to make good choices. Because uh, uh, by the time we get home, we're so exhausted and wore out, we might want to pop a movie in and then go to bed. And we spend very little time speaking life into our children am I am I right where we're at today I understand that women have rights and don't take this the wrong way ladies but we made a mistake when we thought that the state could raise the kids better than mama could at home can I get an amen Amen. we thought that the school can raise the kids mama can go get a job and everybody will be happier for it but there ain't not a single soul on this planet that love your kids and have a vet, more vested interest in their success and well-being than mama. Unless there's something wrong with her. Unless she's been misguided and in darkness. Amen. My point is, are you willing to do what it takes to be the single loudest and influential voice in your children's lives? And some of you might need to make an intervention You might be tinkering on the edge of family disaster. God may be speaking to you in this very moment to take extreme measures to intervene in your family to spare a lot of trouble down the road. Amen. I want to speak to the children now. Think of how valuable you are. If if you're under 18 and if you're still living at home, I want to speak to you for a minute. Think about how valuable you are. That every single power on earth that has any power and control is seeking your allegiance. You must be a whole lot more important than you realize. 
You must be a whole lot more influential and powerful and have more potential than you can even see for yourself. For the powers that be to want to, to, to gain your allegiance. Amen. To, to influence you to think like them and to do their bidding. Because they know that the only way to defeat culture and to control culture is to control your mind. That's how powerful you are as an individual. And you need to realize that because the devil has lied to a lot of you, made you think that you're worthless, hopeless, and helpless, and your life ain't even worth living. But the devil is a liar. God created you in the likeness of his image. Amen. And, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you are significant, and you are important, and you are powerful, and God has a purpose for you. And I want to tell you that you're so important that all the powers uh, have a bid up for your soul, and you don't need to sell your soul short. Amen. Uh, you need to sell your soul out to Jesus and let the one who has all power in heaven and in earth be the loudest voice and influencer in your life. Never believe the devil. You have a birthright. That is, God has a specific plan and purpose that for which you were born. That is your birthright. And the devil wants to distract you. The devil wants to guide you the wrong direction. The devil wants you to get to doing anything but getting close to God, getting close to his word, and finding out from your creator why he put you here. Because you are that important and that significant and that powerful when the word of God illuminates your heart and mind and opens your eyes to why he put you here. The devil is trying his best just to keep you from finding out how powerful you are with him on your side. Amen. But I'm here to tell you right now uh, that if you'll give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, uh, there's not a demon in hell that can stop God's purpose and God's plan so long as you live in faith and obedience to his word. The family is raised up for projection. And some of you need to buy into God's vision for your life. Uh, maybe you're a youth that has been spoken ill of by your own parents. They have spoken death into your spirit by saying you'll never amount to anything. or They always have something negative to say about what you did wrong, but they never point out any of the things that you've done right, and you never get affirmation. Let me, let me tell you something. When your father and your mother forsake you, the Bible says that the Lord will take you up. God knows what you're capable of. God knows what he can do with you, for you, and through you. And you are not a waste. And you are not an accident. Amen. There is a sovereign and divine purpose for you. And the devil's trying his best to, to whisper in your ear, even maybe at this very moment, trying to get you to shut out this gospel message. Because if you ever hear what God has planned for you, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered in the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for him that love him. But he has revealed them to us by his spirit. And the devil is trying to keep you from being uh, receiving the revelation from the Spirit of God of why God has you here. Uh, but let me tell you today, uh, God has a whole lot more going on for you than the devil ever thought about having going on for you. Because he said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Whereas the thief, the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy in that order. He'll steal from you to weaken you. Mm -hmm. He'll steal your vision of hope. He'll steal your happiness. 
He'll steal any self-respect or dignity. He'll steal your ambition. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Once he weakens you, then he'll kill you. And the devil ain't just happy to put you in the grave. He wants to completely destroy any evidence of your existence so that nobody else can be influenced by what God had planned for your life. Family matters. And he setteth the solitary in families. Did you hear that? You may feel lonely. You may feel isolated. You may feel like that for all practical purposes, you don't really have a family that you can count on or that loves you. But let me tell you something. The family of God is interested in you. Amen, church. So the family is raised up for projection. And then I want to close with this one. The family is resilient through its progenitors. Can I say it this way? If our children fail, then we have failed. The cycle of success is not complete until we help the next generation succeed. Amen? The cycle of success is not complete. So what if you've built a fine and impressive career if your kids go to hell? I've prayed for many years as a minister, God, don't let me get so caught up in winning the world that I lose my own family. That's why when I took this church and the church readily agreed with me, I said, God first, family second, church third. And I'll drop an engagement with any of you or this church in a heartbeat for the sake of my family because I'm called to minister to them first. That's just God's order. Don't take that personally. Don't get offended by it. It's just the way it is. I'll hurt your feelings over my kids. Not apologize for it. Amen. That's right. And you need to have the same attitude about your family. That's right. The family is resilient only through its progenitor success. Only through the success of those descendants, our children and our grandchildren. We're not done until they're successful. That's why I want to stop for a minute and ask, where are all the kids? In a church with 50 plus people, why why don't we have more children around? Well, I just say this way, we got work to do, don't we? We've got work to do. And maybe it starts with spending more time with them. Maybe it starts with reprioritizing our life so that we model and don't just preach, but actually model kingdom first mentality. Because it's easy to say, if I were to ask every one of you what your priority list is, God first, you probably use mine. God first, family second, church third, right? We say that, but when you look at our weekly and monthly and yearly activities on our calendar and where we put most of our time and money, how does our priority list translate in practicality? A lot of times God and church are last on the list, but their success is contingent upon our willingness to invest in them. And to do what it takes to raise them right. Because children raised right will obtain and maintain victory over the enemies. Look at verse number 5. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. 
That, that is, when you raise your children right, they'll obtain and maintain victory over their enemies. They will be courageous. They will be strong. They will be successful. Because we did it by God's blueprint. Amen? So I want to try to bring this to a close by now addressing your attention to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verse 14 in the Bible. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Oh, let me stop right here. This is context. The context is Nehemiah re- rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Wall, the, the walls lay in rubble, right? And God gave him a vision to rebuild. And listen, God's put this church here to rebuild the foundation of civilization, which is the family unit through the hope of the gospel. Can I get an amen? And, and I want you to see the parallel here. He said, be not ye afraid of them. Who? Be not ye afraid of those that are running their mouth saying it can't get done. Th- those that are threatening to destroy what you build. Amen. There's all kinds of naysayers that says, well, that's good preaching, preacher, except it's not practical today. You, you can't really expect to raise children right and they end up living for God today. You better bet your bottom dollar I believe you can do that. And you can do it well under the power of the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? It is not only possible, it's probable when you do it by the book. Amen. Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. You see, this is bigger than us. Amen. The Bible says to fight for your family. Amen. Mm, Verse 15. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us. That is, they heard what the enemy was saying. And the enemy knew that they was on to him. And God had brought their counsel to naught. That is, God didn't allow the, the lies of the enemy to stop God's people from doing what God said they could and should do. It said that we returned all of us to the wall, everyone unto his work. And that's where God's calling us today as a church, uh, is to return to the work of rebuilding the walls of protection around the family unit. Because if we can't salvage our families, uh, then there's no use in trying to salvage the church. uh, Because God instituted the family before he instituted the church, uh, and the church is to be made up of families uh, that are sold out to Jesus. Uh, So God help us uh, to win our families to the Lord today. God's saying return. This is a revival. Getting back to what we're supposed to be doing. Do you need to return? Have you abandoned your post? Have you left the mission of doing the work of fighting for your children and fighting for your family, fighting for your sons and daughters and your wives and your houses? I'm telling you, Church of the Living God, it's time for us to stand up and fight for what is rightfully ours. Amen. I want to give the devil a hard time. Amen. If he comes prowling around my house, I want him to regret the day that he ever picked on the caudal household. I'm not going to let my kids go down without a fight. I'm not going to let you as a church go down without a fight. And I'm not relying on Gary Caudle's strength. I've learned better than that. But so help me God to rise up under the unction of the Holy Ghost and fight for my children until at last I win the battle. 
We've cried too many tears. We've traveled too many miles. We've sacrificed way too much uh, towards uh, uh, their, my children coming into adulthood for, to just uh, let them go and now do whatever they please without being an influence in their lives. So if at the age of 18 or 19 or 20 or 21 or 22 or 35 or 45, if God lets me live that wrong long, if I see him headed in the wrong direction, I'm going to speak up as their father and I'm still going to say, hey, you need to watch what you're doing. You're asking for trouble. I don't care if they are adults. You're their daddy. You're the mama. Be that light. Be that influence. Can I get an amen, church? That's right. Give God some glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. One more verse. Nehemiah 6, 3. This is where I want to land it. And I sent messengers unto them. Let me give you context here. This was after they built the wall. The enemy's mad as a hornet because they did what they said they couldn't do. Mad as a hornet. So now they're all conniving all kinds of ways and telling all kinds of lies, trying to get Nehemiah to come meet them somewhere else because they intended him evil. They're trying to plot to do him harm. Of course, God, the Holy Spirit, gives Nehemiah the discernment to understand they, just, they, ain't, they ain't up to any good, just pay them no mind, send them back word, says, I, I'm too busy right now, I can't talk to you. And that's, by the way, that's what you need to tell some of them people that, that are wanting more influence in your children's lives than what they have a right to. You need to call them up and say, hey, we're busy, quit calling. Click, hang up. Amen. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You need to take charge of your children's well-being. We are doing, look what the scripture says. I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? He's saying that this work of fighting for my brothers and my sisters and my wives and my sons and my daughters, this is a great work. And why would I stop this great work entertain my enemy why would i stop doing the most important work of my life uh, to do something different amen uh, and i want to ask where are the parents today why have we abandoned our post why have we ceased to do the single most important job that god has given us uh, which is to raise our children and grandchildren in the nurture and in the admonition of the lord uh, may god help us amen uh, to get back to our post and do what god's called us to do because family matters. Family matters when the teenager thinks that they're smarter than you. Amen. Family matters when they want to buck the system. They need somebody to be willing to say, hey, boy, you better straighten up or I'll straighten you up. Amen. Can I say it this way? God did not put my teenagers in my life for me to be best buddies with them. I am their father first. Amen. And I make no bones about that. Oh, sure, we cut up and laugh and we have a good time. But you know what? They have, I've earned and gained their respect because I've tried to be consistent. They know what I expect of them to the degree that I seldom... I can't remember the last time I gave him a good belt whooping. Amen. Praise God. I'm giving my personal testimony because it's the easiest reference point for me. I'm just saying the Bible works. 
And I'm not talking about abuse. Somebody's going to go and report me. That preacher beats some of his kids. Please. Amen. Proper discipline. Proper. In its proper context. With the right spirit and the right attitude. Will do more for your kid. Than trying to get on their good side. What they really want from you is leadership. A backbone. Amen. I love my clapper over here. Praise God. Amen. What they really want is consistency. Don't be afraid to say no frequently. I'll make them mad and drive them away from me. Let me, let me help you with that. And we'll be through when the Holy Ghost says stop. I'd rather make them mad now and glad later than make them quote-unquote happy today and miserable for the rest of their life. Amen. Amen. So yeah, I will inconvenience them from time to time. I will say no from time to time. Because Daddy, under the direction of the Word of God and the Spirit of God, knows best. I think one of the reasons, though, that families have fallen apart is because even the parents today haven't grown up yet. You've got to grow up first. You can't command their respect if you're not living respectable. Oh, it's getting awful quiet now. I done preached, on to, I preached to everybody in the house. You got to be respectable. I'll never forget when we uh, started, you know, we had Elijah and he was one, uh, one and a half, two years old. And, you know, it don't take him long to start acting rebellious. Amen. The slightest little things, you know. Uh, snapping your fingers, say you better drop that. And instead of dropping it, they take off and run with it. And it could be a knife. Right? It could be something that they wasn't supposed to get their hands on. And I learned this. You, you don't even have to be extremely harsh with them. But just a little sting on the hand. No. Consistently. Every time they do wrong. No. No. It got to where all I had to do is snap my finger and they'd stop dead in their tracks. <laughs> Amen. And it wasn't because... I harmed them. It was because I raised the level of expectation. And we've got to be willing to do what it takes to draw healthy boundaries for our kids. Amen. And stick by the boundaries. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't say yes today and no tomorrow. You've lost their respect. That's why you've got to be firm. When you set a boundary, you've got to hold to it. And if there's a reason down the road you've got to change it, then have a sit down and talk to them and just talk it out and explain to them why it was different then than it is now and be logical with them. Amen. Be willing to have a conversation with them. Amen. Uh, children are reasonable if, if you are consistent. I wish I had time to really preach this. Family matters. And what we've got to do is get back to this. Why should the work cease? And, and some people have given up. On a healthy family structure. You just throw your hands up. Say, I've tried. I'm no good at it. I quit. And while you're quitting, it's getting worse. 
And sometimes you got to stand up and do what it takes. And there might be a fight at first. But if you'll stand your ground, and if you'll consistently love them like Christ loved the church, can I get an amen? You will find that in the long run, you will have one of the most rewarding relationships with your kids than you ever thought possible because you did it the way the Bible says do it. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycuddle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycuddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit GaryCuddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith, find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.